Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get to the question of the day here. 44-year-old patient presents with a painless expansile radiolucent lesion in the anterior mandible, discovered incidentally during a routine dental x-ray. The lesion is well-defined and has a multilocular appearance. Upon surgical exploration, the cyst lining is noted to be thin and friable with a characteristic corrugated surface. Histopath exam reveals a paracarotinized stratified squamous epithelium lining, which is approximately 8 to 10 cell layers thick with a prominent palisaded layer. What is the most likely diagnosis? Is it an amyloblastoma? Is it a dentigerous cyst? Is it an odontogenic keratocyst or OKC? Or is it a radicular cyst? And the answer is OKC the odontogenic keratocyst. And this is the, the key fi- features of an OKC that support the diagnosis in this question are the thin and friable cyst lining with a corrugated surface, the histological appearance of a paracarotinized stratified squamous epithelium, and a prominent palisaded basal cell layer. These are hallmark features of OKC, along with tendency to present as a radiolucent lesion, often with a multilocular appearance on radiographs, and so why not the other options? A, an amyloblastoma. While amyloblastomas can present as multilocular radiolucent lesions in the jaw, they're typically characterized by their more aggressive behavior and distinct histological features such as islands of odontogenic epithelium in a mature fibrous stroma, often with peripheral palisading and central stellate reticulum-like cells. These features are not described in this question. Dentigerous cysts are associated with the crowns of unerupted or developing teeth, usually presenting as unilocular radiolucent lesions centered around the crown of an impacted tooth. The lining of a dentigerous cyst is usually a non-keratinized, simple stratified squamous epithelium. It doesn't match the description. Radicular cysts arise from the epithelial residues in periodontal ligament as a result of inflammation, typically associated with the apex of a non-vital tooth. They're characterized by a fibrous wall lined by stratified squamous epithelium with a variable inflammatory infiltrate, which differs from the thin friable lining with a corrugated surface and the other histo features described in this question. So let's continue with some review on the OKC. What is the differential diagnosis for a multilocular radiolucency in the posterior mandible? I know that this question is anterior mandible, but let's do posterior mandible, okay? So we have the, the term macho, right? That's the, that's the um, acronym we like, you know, like to use, right? M is for myxoma, adonogenic myxoma. Macho, the A is for amyloblastoma. C is for central giant cell granuloma. H is for hemangioma. And last but not least, the O in macho is for adonogenic keratosis. We got that down now. And now let's get to why was the adonogenic keratosis or OKC redesignated as the keratocystic adonogenic tumor, the KCOT. It was redesignated uh, from the OKC to KCOT by the World Health Organization in 2005 due to behavior histology, and genetics of the lesion. Abnormal function of the tumor suppressor gene PTCH occurs in both nevoid basal cell carcinoma syndrome and sporadic KCOTs. How are adonogenic keratosis treated? 
Evidence suggests that these cysts can be managed effectively by a conservative approach. Good results can uh, have been achieved with decompression or marsupialization with or without later cystectomy, enucleation combined with excision of overlying mucosa and carnoid solution application to the bone defect, and enucleation combined with liquid nitrogen application to the osseous cavity appears that although the OKCs are are notorious for their capricious nature relative to their tendency to recur, block resection of these lesions is hardly justifiable. And now, what are three possible reasons for persistence of an OKC? First, incomplete removal. OKC, KCOTs, I'm I'm just using them interchangeably. KCOTs are difficult to enucleate as the epithelial lining is thin, five to eight cell cell layers, and friable. So this one says five to eight cell layers. My question said eight to ten. It's it's several layers thick. That's, That's the important thing to remember. Second, some authors believe that, oh, I was saying multilocular lesions further complicate complete removal. Second, some authors believe that daughter or satellite tumors persist within the bone beyond the perceived margin. This may explain the high recurrence rate or rather persistence for marsupialization or enucleation alone as definitive treatment. Last, epithelial remnants from the dental lamina may reside within the attached alveolar mucosa overlying the primary lesion. These harboring remnants can potentially develop into new lesions. For this reason, some authors recommend excision of the overlying mucosa in addition to the, in addition to the lesion. All right, friends, that's the this review right here. This one is from OMFS Secrets, that textbook. So we got that one down now. Um, I was going to read this, this portion in Peterson's, but I'm going to save that for another day. Yeah, time to get going. All right, friends, wish you a great day.